Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, if I no, you go them. for it, sir. You intro Welcome. the podcast. Welcome to the show, the episode of the podcast, Doogie's Take Podcast, starring myself, Endo, aka It's Just Endo, because I dropped the mills out of there, because <laughs> why not? And with our beautiful co-host, name of the show, the namesake, and the guy who pays me, Doogie, at Doogie24, here with our special guest, very special guest, because... Believe it or not, before doing Two Geeks Take Podcast, I was going to do a podcast with this guy. <laughs> I remember I that. Com- I dropped the ball completely. And now I'm third fiddle on Two Geeks Take. The Hill, an angry brown guy, Chocolate Thunder, whatever name you got. Welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you here. It's uh, kind of a reunion of some sorts. Uh, but how are you doing, buddy? Doing awesome. Super, super excited to be on with you guys. Thank you for having me on. And um Gotta say, you guys picked a really good episode to have a Habs fan on, and I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit, but we're feeling good in Habs land today. Yeah, that was, um, you know, what I mentioned to you a few minutes ago was like, all right, Sin is uh, literally, as we're recording this, just about ready to board a flight over to over to Finland. Um, and it's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? Who are we going to have on the show? Is it just going to be Endo and I? And then it came down to uh, the news this morning that we will get into, and I'm like, I, again, I know exactly who needs to be on this uh on this show and it is great to have you here as endo mentioned um <laughs> known for the handle there were a few <laughs> different handles before you settled on angry brown dude with yeah. um what is it Ninety thousand followers on tiktok just over yeah just hit 90 so good pretty stuff. good pretty good and Congrats. of course uh i was on your podcast along with safir on the mm-hmm. hockey news um, not all that long ago, actually in February, Jesus, that was four months ago already. Good God. <laughs> God. Feels uh, weird when you say that, like, oh my God, four months already. Uh, ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, man, it is, it's been a long time coming to have you on the show and I'm very, very glad, uh, that you are here and now I gotta, I gotta have Safir on at some point too, clearly. <laughs> ah, he can wait on. a bit, he can wait a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to have kind of our, our normal format for the show. We'll start off with some viewer questions and fun stuff like that before getting into the big hockey news, which uh, there's actual hockey to talk about. There's fun off-season stuff to talk about. And then not so fun off-ice bullshit to talk about. Not looking forward to that. I already put out a video about that subject, but hey, we'll get into it again. Why not? <laughs> um, but Endo... Since you took the lead on the intro, and why not? Who's this? Who, remind me, who was who sponsors this podcast? Uh, I believe it should be Manscaped. I think all three of us are sponsored by Manscaped at some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point, I think so. Tell us yeah. a little bit more about Manscaped. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah, so it's uh, the leading product here for uh, male male body grooming you know you got several tools you got several things that you can use you can use my favorite thing the crop preserver to take care of your crops you got the lawnmower 4.0 it's got the little light on there you can go through waterproof use it while you're in the shower in the bath if you really want to hey i'm not going to judge it away whatsoever and then you have the one product that i can't use because i don't grow facial hair unlike both of you guys over here oh don't it's even the, put uh, me in the same category dude i got nothing <laughs> you're next you got, a little I got chin. you got a little something there don't worry about oh, it it's, it's okay awful yeah T- tell us more about uh the beautiful products by, by the people over at manscaped to you i mean i think you pretty much hit the nail on the head but again as endo mills mentioned manscaped.com the peak the pinnacle when it comes to men's grooming and they want to offer you a special discount 20 percent off your order 
and free shipping when you use code Toogie. That's T-O-U-G-I-E at Manscaped.com. Again, code Toogie at Manscaped.com. We thank them for sponsoring the show, and we thank all of you for sending in your viewer questions to kick us off. Although, first question comes from me. Rahil. Yes. On Twitter. Your bio. Yes. Talk about NHL eSports on the Hockey News, which, again, is tremendous. Mm-hmm. You got to update. It's now 90,000 on TikTok, not 89,000. Habs, understandable. Blue Jays, understandable. Only baseball team in Canada. Yeah. Bayern Munich. Yep. And the New England Patriots. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, he's just a Patriot himself. (laughs) I mean, yeah, a little bit. I'm assuming your question is about the latter two. Okay. Yeah, more so the Patriots. Why? I mean, again, because most, I feel like, a vast majority of Canadian fans. I mean, to me, it feels like it just ends up being Buffalo because of how yep. accessible it is. But yep. you're not the only Patriots fan I'm aware of. Yeah, and and for me, it was I started getting into it around 2003, 2004 is when I kind of was like, okay, I like American football, cool. I'm gonna pay attention. And I remember like just trying to pick a team, and I, I can't remember who I was watching, and I was like, eh, this is boring, this is boring. Then I saw Tom Brady. <laughs> and Randy Moss play a game together. I don't know. I think it might have been a little bit after 04, but it was that one year. 07. And that's what I was just – it was 07. I was just like, okay, you know what? These guys are good. I'm going to stick with this duo forever. And then Randy Moss was gone, and then Tom Brady just did it all on his own. But that's that's basically how the Patriots came to exist. <laughs> yeah. We'll ignore a few Super Bowl appearances before yeah. 2001. It's yeah. <laughs> We'll not talk about that. <laughs> That's like talking about the Habs. Like, ah, 93 and Oh, yeah. Who cares? Oh, yeah. 93. I, I wasn't even thought of when the Habs last won a cup, but I'm going to brag about it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say, in order, to be a good host here, I never know, because it's one of those things. It's like, hey, you're a guest on a podcast. In terms of the promotion, like, I don't know if you want to do the whole, hey, so how'd you get into hockey? And, hey, what? tell people what you really do. I'll leave that up to you. If you want to get into that, cool. If you want to be asked weird questions by this community, we can jump right to that, too. <laughs> Why don't we do both, Toogie? There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I like this guy. So give Why? me your life story. Yep. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'll give you the hockey life story because I have to admit this is one of my favorite stories to tell. So I'm kind of glad you asked it. Um, grew up, you know, immigrant family. Um, uh, my dad's parent, I'll give you a bit of the life story. Actually, dad's parents are from Pakistan, but he was born and raised in England. So he's British basically. Um, mom was from Pakistan. They came here, got married. Boom. I was here. Not really a big hockey family obviously being an immigrant family um the big thing for my dad was he was just like local team i go for whoever's local so he's leafs jays argos the bills because they're the closest like he's super Mm. local um and i can't remember what it was 2004 2005 around the same time i started watching football i was like uh, i moved to brampton and um which is a town just north uh northwest of toronto ish and um uh, my neighbors down the street loved playing hockey. I started playing with them, borrowed their sticks, and then I went home and told my dad I wanted to get into hockey. And he was like, mm, you know, cool. Well, bought me my first hockey stick and stuff, so I'd play some road hockey. And then he bought me a pack of hockey cards from McDonald's. Uh-huh. because, And, and, and I, I still remember this to this day. He was like, here you go. Whatever you want to do. Like, cheer for whoever you want to cheer. Like, he was just like, it's your choice, son. So I go, all right, well, the first card in this pack, I'm going to cheer for them. So I opened the pack, and the first Saku. card was Saku Koivu 
of the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens, and they beat Boston that night five to two. Funny enough, and yeah, um, yeah, funny. yeah, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna stick with these team, and um, I get chirped about it living in Toronto. It it is what it is, but you know what? I uh, I don't regret it for a second. It's um, it's been awesome. I, I try and go down once a year to watch the Habs play there when when they're. Mediocre. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, brought my girlfriend with me the last couple of years, and it's just it's just awesome. I love it, man. Fair enough. I respect it. Um, I, I like that too because obviously, I feel like the most common thing is like, oh, who do your parents like? Yeah, and, like, exactly. Like, I've told the story. For me, it's like I was in brewing stuff as a baby. I didn't have a goddamn choice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, which again. Every time I say that, people are just like child abuse. Every time. Um, but to be no. fair, to be fair, I did get lucky. I'm really glad it wasn't like Shane Doan or Rick Nash as the first card because I would have probably mm. been a little miserable for the last 15, 20 years. Oh, I mean, hey, we we have a, a Nasher in the the space. We could have used a donor. Yeah, you know, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our first question comes from one Scroopy Noopers, uh, and hey, relevant to the Habs. With the success of Martin St. Louis as the newer coach, who would be a former player turned new coach or GM who you'd like to see join the league? I'd like to see Cammy Granado or Paul Correa. I, mm. see, sometimes we vet these questions a little bit ahead. Like, All right, can we really get a conversation out of this? This time I'm like, screw it. Let's just throw it out there and see what happens. I mean... My only response is if George Paros can hold down a job in an NHL setting, then anybody can hold down a job as a GM or as a coach. Why not? Yeah. Well, not a yeah. coach because outside of, you know, every, every year you get one, maybe two new people, and then it's the same people refreshed, which yeah. again, we will get to. Um, God, I don't know. I have to view it as like, okay, who would I be happy for to see fine success? And I agree. Someone like a Paul Correa would be great, but – Every mm-hmm. time his name's brought up, it always seems to be like, yeah, he probably wants nothing to do with the NHL, and who could yeah. necessarily blame him. I'm just still happy, despite it being for the Habs, from Martin St. Louis, doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Yeah, I absolutely agree. He's been doing fantastic. That's a really hard question, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think, like, can I talk about players that are close to retiring? Like, sure. along those lines? Yeah. Um like one that kind of ties into ties into YouTube. I, I feel like Patrice Bergeron would be fantastic in a management role. Mm. Um, just the way he resembles hockey. He's literally, I, I don't think I've ever met one person who hasn't liked Patrice Bergeron, except for like when he scores against the Habs and it's like, damn you beautiful, nice human being. Like <laughs> I'd <laughs> like, yell at you, but your father's in the press box and he's a Habs fan. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think I'd have to go. I think Patrice would, uh, would be really interesting to see. And uh, anybody come to mind for you? I think an obscure one would be Paul Bissonnette, just to see the chaos. <laughs> just to see the chaos. Uh, there was something that he did recently in one of the um, the TNT, NHL and TNT uh, things. I think uh, one of the guys was away, so he took over kind of breaking down plays. Mm-hmm. And he like thoroughly just kind of went through it 100%. Even the guys on the panel were kind of surprised that he was like thoroughly being like, wow, Biz, you got brains between those ears? Like, what's going on? And it's just... Maybe not as like a head coach, but definitely as like an assistant coach kind of thing. Yeah, he seems like he would be kind of decent for that role. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Just because the press conferences afterwards would always be must see. <laughs> 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 I want, 
I want Paul Bissonette and Paul Maurice to be on the opposite sides during a playoff series and have to go back and forth at press conferences. Ooh. <laughs> Two Pauls. There you go. I like that. God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know what's funny is I could have held off on that Habs question for right now. This next question from Bouncy McBoink Boink. What was the defining moment that got you into hockey? I mean, really, we already kind of heard. I'm good. I'm just going to sit here and listen. Yeah. Um, Endo. Is there a defining moment, or was it more of just like, I, I just always remember liking this? Okay, so Rahil knows this one, because we talked about it previously, and we had another, when we were going to do a podcast together, but that mm-hmm. fell apart. Um, so, when I first watched hockey, I was watching uh, just a random game on. I think it was the Detroit Red, Red Wings versus the Minnesota Wild. And mm-hmm. it was the game where Dominic Hasek flies out and trips a dude. Like, blue line, full-on trash, like, thrash through and flips a guy. And I said, I'm going to be a goalie, and I'm going to get myself in the hockey that way. <laughs> and it was unreal. I think I can pick it up right now. Uh, has a inflicting happen. violence. Was it Marion Gabrick that he It flipped? was Marion Gabrick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do I remember that? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota-Detroit. It was 5 nothing Detroit. And then Mary Gabbert gets a gets a breakaway. I think he's coming out of the box. I'm not sure. And then Dominic has it goes like right out on the plate of puck and just takes out his fucking knees. Gabbert <laughs> 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 does a whole flip. <laughs> That's awesome. The crowd's going insane and just absolute chaos. Yeah, I wish I could say I have that one moment, but again, like I, I described it earlier, like it's just it's it's been a constant. There wasn't that like, oh hey, this is like, it was always on TV, or oh hey, what is this logo? It was always there. Like there yep. just isn't there isn't that that one. <laughs> the indoctrination was on point from day one. Uh, again, I didn't have much of a much of a say in the matter but yeah i feel like you were i feel like at your baptism because i believe you are like catholic you were dipped in uh gatorade just like (laughs) like arctic frost gatorade the white gatorade (sighs) zombie nation playing in the background (laughs) (laughs) they got the little like they got little like the smoke thing and it's just Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, that's... Breeze that's is flinging the, the Gatorade water on the crowd. Oh! <laughs> God, well, that's... Number one, that's a visual that I'll never forget. And secondly, if you were wondering why the episode title is likely Kerncroft Baptism, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like ridiculous. God damn. Uh, from Broken Wheelchair, no question, just wanted to mention, and fun fact, I was going to mention this anyway, and then I checked fewer questions and saw you mention it, so I'm glad. Uh, it was uh, that the Para Ice Hockey, Sludge Hockey, World Championship Final was yesterday with the United States defeating Canada 5-1. to one. Uh, And of course, I cannot pronounce her name, but she got a lot of coverage uh, for the Canadian team. Uh, she was the first woman to play for the Canadian national men's team as well for this particular tournament, but... Uh, yeah, the U.S. getting it done. The U.S. is dominant in regards to this particular sport. I, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm they're overjoyed. Really they're really good at things and they have to just sit on their ass. <laughs> 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 oh, 
all credit to the to the Paralympic teams because uh, they know Bro uh, Broken Wheelchair uh, is on like uh, on a Paralympic team as well for lifting and for playing hockey. All hats to you. I, I can't do Paralympic uh, or what's called sledge hockey. I've tried. Not too good at it. Um, but yeah, also that's, uh, I think it's uh, Raphael Toussignan. She's mm. Quebecois, hence the name and how Tuki can't pronounce her. <laughs> amazing, uh, sense, yeah. amazing story about her becoming, uh, you know, the first female to play on the national team, especially for Canada. That's a big thing, but just in, in the world is another thing as well, too. Absolutely. Like, I, I can't even sit properly sometimes. These guys can play a full game of hockey doing that. Like, that's just like mm. speechless, like incredible stuff. Definitely. A very entertaining sport to watch, everybody. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, I believe at least a lot of the game highlights from this past tournament are up on the YouTube side of things and relatively easy to find. Yeah. From uh, Rahil's alt account, PK Subban Enthusiast. Um, Damn it, you caught me. <laughs> with Eichel going to the Stanley Cup final in his first full season with Vegas, do you think we've seen the last of the, quote, actually this star player is such a bad human being, it hurts them narrative? In the past several seasons, we've seen players such as Phil Kessel, P.K. Subban, and Ryan O'Reilly go to the finals immediately after getting run out of their respective towns due to locker room cancer allegations. Will we see orgs take more accountability instead? Um, first and foremost, no. You will never see those type of narratives disappear, especially as long as Steve Simmons has a job in the world of hockey. Um, it's just it's a go-to for the media it is whether or not it's true or not that's always mm -hmm. going to be a go-to is we have to find somebody to blame we see it now in toronto i was going to bring this up later but now's the perfect time because it doesn't just apply to players it applies to front office it applies to coaches look at the kyle dubas situation the day of his press conference every leafs fan for the most part is like yes let's bring him back the second the Leafs let him go, you have the campaign out there to be like, actually, here's why Kyle Dubas is a piece of shit. And we saw that continue throughout the weekend because he, you know, started to put his changes on the Pittsburgh Penguins as president, getting rid of some front office members who were all uh, hired by the previous leader, Ron Hextall. And immediately, especially from Toronto, what a piece. I can't believe he would fire people I just, I look at, uh, you know, you had our new GM, our glorious new GM. Did you know his dad owns Boston Pizza? We had our glorious new GM shaking hands, kissing babies, making friends in the front office. He baked this person a cake, probably just out of the kindness of his heart. But Kyle Dubas fired people. What a scumbag. You're never going to escape that shit. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Phil Kessel and Steve said, oh, he liked to eat a lot of fucking hot dogs. Yeah, and he also liked to win championships, Steve. Um, I like hot dogs. What's your point, Steve? I do, too. Jesus. Yeah. Hot dogs are fucking delicious. Exactly. Um, yeah, this, this whole thing of like, well, actually, here's why this person was bad. Will mm -hmm. never go away because people always have to find someone to blame as to why things didn't go right. And once they leave, they just turn it up to 11. Exactly. Oh, no, I, I think you touched a really interesting point there on the Kyle Dubas spot, too, because the second he got let, he was with Pittsburgh. Everyone was like, oh, well, you said you didn't you were you weren't going anywhere else. It's like mm. you got he got fired. Like, well, technically not fired because he didn't have a contract. But like right. I could say I'm not going to another job. If I get let go, I need to put food on the table. And I know Kyle Dubas right. is a lot more wealthier than I am. But like. 
the dude has to put money on the table. He has to go somewhere else. What are you supposed to do? Sit at home for five years? Right. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, that's that idea, too, of, like, oh, you, you get the, the keys to the car in Pittsburgh. And you weren't even asking for the keys to the car. In Toronto, he was just asking to be able to sit in the front fucking seat. Mm-hmm. Like, instead, Shanahan's <laughs> like, nah, you're, you're going to stay back there in the car seat, Kyle. I got this. Uh, no shit. Like, he took another job. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. And everyone's like, oh, if you liked Kyle Dubas, you're a Dubasite. I'm like, what the fuck kind of thing is this? Because, like, Parasite, Dubasite. I'm like, guys, you guys aren't even clever with these. Come on. That's terrible. It's 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 insane because like like you said, if you get if your boss if you go to your boss and say, hey, I might need to take some time off, or I'm gonna go back to work with you, and then you're like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go back to work, and it's just like, all right, no, we don't want you back. See you later, scram. We're not renewing your contract. All right, cool, I'm gonna go somewhere else and work. That's what everyone does. You gotta work exactly. Yeah, you gotta make money. Granted, he's a fucking millionaire essentially, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you gotta put money on the table for your family. You can still, you can hold it with your family. Your family said, you know, Kyle, maybe you should go back and do it. Yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, I'll send my boss an email saying, hey, I want a little bit more money and I want a little more control. And he's like, yeah, nope, kicks you down the kicks you down the steps, kind of like uh, <laughs> kind of like Christmas story when Ralphie asked for um, the the rifle uh, <laughs> right in front of Santa. He's like, I'll shoot your eye out, kid. Just pushes him right down the slide. That's basically it. I have an idea. Oh, I have an idea. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a great edit up on Endo's Twitter, uh, very very soon. Again, uh, retiring the mills at it's just Endo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so make sure to look out for that. I'm sure we'll see it very soon. Uh, an example of you never know what the hell these questions are gonna be from AJ. Favorite cartoon slash TV show to movie adaptation. I, I can't know. even think of that many cartoons that have been movies. Right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Mm. I think this is going to be the Dude, hardest part of the podcast. Us, they hit us with these questions like this all the goddamn time. So at least they're yeah. giving you an authentic experience of what it's like for us on oh a my weekly God. basis. Am I allowed to, like, stall in Google, like, TV oh, yeah. show to movie? Out? Okay. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Because, <laughs> again, they love these loaded questions where it's so non specific. It's like, how do I possibly think of all the different aspects to this and it's like okay cartoon to movie adaptation like are we counting the fucking Rugrats movie for god's sakes like yeah it's a movie so okay well what is, does a Netflix exclusive movie count because I'll go with El Camino the Breaking Bad follow up that they filmed a couple years after the show ended because it was tremendous and a perfect way to Continue the story yet also end the story. So I'll go with that. That was the first thing. That that's a fair. That's fair. Jesus, that type of question. That's hard. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with a. I, I think this is safe to say this is a cartoon that turned into. Yeah, it is. Scooby Dooby 2 Monsters Unleashed 2004. <laughs> Isn't this the film. birth of like the Shaggy going Ultimate Instinct memes? I think whatever. so. Yeah, that's where think, all yeah. those are from. They go to like an island. I I vaguely remember. I mean, it was between this and like The Simpsons for me. But like, <laughs> like that's all that was stuck in my head. This that is was a, a good movie. That it was, a, it good was movie. a really good movie. It was. It was. <laughs> you see Bart's cock. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. The other day, I was just like, did anything uh-huh. show like Bart's penis and like? 
And like, what they the, did. What, like in the opening scene, opening scene, and people were like, "Yeah, there's gonna be new to the unit for like a quick second, and no one <sighs> knew it was gonna be like in the first like two minutes. It's just like a little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you going with the Simpsons and Endor? Or you got another one. Uh, I was gonna say the the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> oh, that was, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. That was good. God, David David Hasselhoff, what a man. Saving the day. <laughs> Love it. Well, I think this is the first podcast we've ever had where uh, Bart Simpson's cock and David Hasselhoff have been mentioned. <laughs> so, we're oh, in a, cow, man. This is what happens when dad leaves on vacation and <laughs> come back fast. He's gone to Finland for the milk. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, man. Our final question from Bud Knight. Outside of your most common rival, what NHL team do you love to hate the most? Example, Habs fans can't say Boston, vice versa. <sighs> what is the team that you would root against the most that is not the direct rival? Now, you know, we had a question in the past, right? And I want to know if you agree with this, real. Bruins Habs, it's always going to be a rivalry. But they're not top rivals right now. They're they're not. There's always going to be a good like a good rivalry there. The last time I can remember the Boston Montreal series being really really into good was when they played in the playoffs. When Milan Lucic threatened to kill a man. When freaking <laughs> when Carey Price and Tim Thomas like actually fought. Mm. That was a good fight. That was a good ten fight. years ago, man. Like we're, yeah. again, it, it sucks, but we're talking ten years ago. So when we were asked that question, I'm like, "Well, it's Carolina. Like the Bruins have met the Canes in the playoffs. Both teams have won series. Like yeah. that's their current biggest rival." So, but so that's how I would answer. It's like I can't answer Carolina, so I'm trying to Mm-mm. think. Uh, and I feel like, and I think it was mentioned in the our podcast question section. AJ designed this. Or not AJ, Bud Knight designed this for um, me to say Chicago because, yeah. Fuck Chicago. Yeah, fuck <laughs> like Chicago. That, that is a given. I'm yeah. trying to think of an answer to this that is not the go-to of that organization's ownership shouldn't mm-hmm. own the fucking team anymore. Um, fuck Vegas. There you go, flat out. I hate their social media team. I hate their their way their management's run. I hate the way that they look. I hate the way that they sparkle on the ice. Like, what is this? Yeah, I don't blame you there. Yeah. Do you have a go-to, Rahil? I'm stuck between two right now. Okay? Okay. And I'll give you my logic. I'm going to put, for this question, not like actual rivals, second for me is Tampa, simply because Mm -hmm. of... That Stanley Cup final run and like all that stuff and you know like Tampa fans can be a little iffy. I think for me the no. biggest. <laughs> I definitely still don't get hate comments from Lightning fans because I said, "Hey, maybe don't hold a parade in the middle of a pandemic before vaccines exist." No. How dare you? But um, my number one is going to be Carolina. Hey, and and it's not the Kakanyemi offer sheet. I'm I'm honestly like. If that dude puts up 82 points in 82 games, good for you. We offer sheet, whatever. Their fans won't shut up about the Habs, guys. Like, they're like, we're going to offer sheet Cole Caulfield. I'm like, guys, can you chill? Like, why are you getting mad at us? You got your cock in the Emmy revenge. Their social media account is, it's very good at being petty, but 
It's always I feel like every like every like five days it's petty against the Habs, which is why I, I don't bother. And you know what? Mm. We've won more conference finals games than Carolina in the last fifteen years. So shut up. Shit. Sorry. Just put them in your pl- put them in their yeah. place. <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's how much. Yeah. See. Yeah. Carolina's my answer now. <laughs> You know Friday, what's funny? Oh and twelve, right? Like Jesus. Oh and twelve yeah. since two thousand after oh six, I think, because that's when they yeah. won. They lost in two thousand nine to um, fuck. Would they lose? Yeah, Tampa. No, no, not Tampa. Two thousand nine. Jesus. No. Um, fucking Pittsburgh. They lost to yep. Pittsburgh. Uh, then they lost to Boston in twenty nineteen. And then yeah, this Florida as well to Florida. So yeah, they are zero for twelve in the conference finals since winning the Stanley Cup. And it's funny that all three of us, as a Habs, Leaf, and Bruins fan, all have a, an axe to grind with the Hurricanes for one reason <laughs> or another. It's just funny yeah. how that works, though. Yeah. God. So with that, and Endo saying uh, Vegas, of course, thank you all for the questions. They were delightful. That can bring us into some actual hockey talk here. And as much as I want to start off with the Habs, I do want to lead in with the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because game two is tonight, but Vegas winning game one, five, two, which just did not see that coming. Uh, Shout out to, uh, you know, it was it was a chippy game. It was a pretty chippy game, to say the least, especially at the end. It was back and forth. You know, Florida scores first, whatever. And then Vegas just takes over in the third period. Uh, Mm -hmm. Speaking to the chippiness. um. Matthew Kachuk punching Nick Haig in the face while Nick Haig is being held by Mark Stahl. And Nick Haig laughing at him. Oh, man. That'll be the moment that people look back on if this series ends fast in favor of Vegas, where people are like, oof, right there is where Florida kind of lost the aura around yeah. them. Uh, that's that's a tough one. You had the Aiden Hill paddle save. Which I do agree. And do you, I want to know from you because you play goalie. Do you agree with the take that, okay, the save itself, while spectacular, isn't this crazy thing? It's more so the stage of it? Or do you disagree with those takes of like, no, that's still just a great fucking save and people are kind of minimizing how difficult that is? Paddle save is a good save no matter where it is. That's what I'm going to say on it. It's because. Like, yeah, sure, you're good at stick handling, but the fact that there is such a large margin of error with, like, gleaning where the puck's going to be when you have on your stick. Like, I'll grab one of my broken sticks and kind of demonstrate, but that's way too much work, and I'm too tired to do that. But when you're basically flipping that over, you have a whole, like, it's it's the equivalency of hitting a baseball. But, like, you're basically having one hand on the bat. And you're kind of like having to guess where it's going to go out when a puck's flying on you 60 to 80 miles per hour, if not faster. So it is is very difficult. And when you do make the save, obviously, it's it's big. But I feel like people are trying to downplay it because it's happened a lot this season. I would say it's happened a lot more this season than it Mm -hmm. has in previous seasons. And I think it might be a reason why people are like, oh, don't glorify it anymore. That's like the Michigan or uh-huh. Connor McDavid having a highlight real goal because he has one every five games. Uh-huh. Like Connor McDavid does crazy shit every night, but he's out there with, with Edmonton. And if any other player would do what he would do every night, you would have that play on the highlight reel because it's Connor McDavid. It's like, okay, cool. 
he literally has to go through five people, do a full lap around, and go back again for it to be like a highlight real goal now for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's true. Can't disagree with it. Uh, as well in this game, you had the Mark Stone goal. So close to being a high stick, but it isn't. Freaking Potts at top shelf. He has been insane. Seven goals now in the playoffs for him. A reminder of that Mark Stone trade, by the way, because obviously this was one of the ones where people are just like, all right, is Vegas giving up too much of their future? There was the obviously the trade with uh, God, yeah, with Montreal in terms of the, the big deal there. But this one was Oscar Lindbergh, Eric Brandstrom, and a second round pick in 2020 that became Igor Sokolov uh, in exchange for Mark Stone and Tobias Lindbergh. Um, look, Eric Brandstrom's still a young guy. He's 23 years old. He can keep stepping up. I'm not going to use the word fleecing, but it's closer to fleecing for Vegas than it is for Ottawa. That was really not that much to give up in hindsight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Similar story to Aiden Hill. They gave up absolutely nothing to get him. He makes that save in this game. Stops 33 of 35. He's been crazy. Any guesses of what his save percentage is in the playoffs right now, by the way? I, oh God, in the entire playoffs? I, I don't want to 12 appearances. It. Yeah. I'm going to go 926. 950. 938, so somewhere in between. But yeah, 938 with a That's 206 insane. goals against average for Aiden Hill. That's you know what's insane. crazy? Last week it was 950. Wow, really? <laughs> That's how crazy it was. It was just the one game over here that bumped it up a little bit, bumped it down a little bit. Like he, he is an absolute – he is a good goaltender, and mm-hmm. it's been really weird because I think the situation with goaltending in – Vegas is kind of similar to their first season where they every goalie went down and they still found ways to win. I think mm-hmm. right now they're on their fourth string at this point. Because I think so. uh Robin Leonard has been gone for the whole year. Um you have Thompson. Thompson. Uh Brassois, yep. he's hurt. And quick. And now it's yeah. So they're on their fifth. Yeah, I think they're on their fourth or their fifth. Brusswell's they're like going below right the now. AHL depth. Like, if you're going two yeah. per team, and they're in, like, the ECHL. That's insane. Mm-hmm. God. It's insane. I need to uh, – I mean, now obviously, it just shows the ridiculous overall depth. But for the hell of it, I just wanted to uh, take a look at uh, the organizational depth chart for Montreal. Um, where you can argue, I mean, God, they technically only have four goalie signed. Alan Montembeau, Primo, <laughs> Dobes, Besh, whatever. And then, obviously, right, like it. there aren't yeah. too many other teams that could get away with this. The Leafs, you'd be running like Keith Petroselli, essentially. And exactly. the fact that yeah. their fifth goalie is Aiden Hill is absurd. And now, I'm um, curious how many teams after this offseason are going to try and emulate that and go, I'm just going to get three 1Bs instead of and one like a like a one and a two if there's mm-hmm. going to be those teams that go for that depth there um i don't know i'm, I'm intrigued to see i i could see some teams going for it because i mean it's definitely benefited vegas pretty damn well so mm-hmm. i wouldn't be that surprised but um yeah it's gonna be interesting and the other player i wanted to shout out here before mentioning uh, game two being tonight jack eichel <laughs> looked goddamn elite in game one 
in terms of consistent zone entries, making it look seamless. Uh, this was exactly the player that Vegas thought they were getting when it's like, okay, let's get Jack Eichel. Let's let him get the surgery that he wants and heals oh. up. And this is the guy he could be. And they were right to make that bet. He has looked every bit uh, the former second overall pick and number one center that Sabres fans thought they were ha were getting. And I would argue that they did have. And then there was that whole weird nonsense. But yeah, game two is tonight. And potentially by the time this show is up, uh, it will be over. The question, is it a 2 nothing Vegas lead? Or does Florida tie the series? Endo. It's going to take me a while to leave off the mills. Endo. Your thoughts. Just Endo. Uh, Just Endo. Yeah, my thoughts. Uh, I think Florida's going to battle back, and it's going to be a really big test of um, adversity for Vegas. I mean, they kind of just had game one all through, but I feel like there's going to be a fire underneath um, mostly Matthew Kachuk, of all people, because, of course, it's Matthew Kachuk, and he's going to come back and bounce back and be a defining force. I want to see... Uh, Sasha Barkov, you know, I want to see Barkov take a step up and get something. Like he's been really quiet uh, in terms of being like there per se. I mean, he's had some good goals and everything, but I feel like he needs to take a bigger step up. Because it seems like he's kind of like the shadow underneath, kind of making stuff happen. And when he makes a play, he makes good plays, but it's never like, oh, see, do you see that play that Barkov did? It's like, no, do you see the play that Barkov did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 14 points for him in 17 games. Only four goals, though. So obviously he's going to be a little bit overshadowed by other members of the Panthers. Rahel, your thoughts? Game two. I personally would love to see Florida tied up simply because more hockey for the rest of us. And and if game one's a sign of how the series is going to go, it, I, I think all of us want seven games. Um, that being said, I think that environment in Vegas, if they can score first, we saw it in game one, that arena is electric. Mm. And I feel like their fans have, again, their fans have been very privileged with the team they have. Um, they're like, oh, we're finally back in the finals. It's like you haven't been around for a decade yet. Like, don't cry. But I I, uh, I don't know. I, I could see, like Florida scored early last game and Vegas still found a way. I think Vegas goes up to nothing. I think so, too, because Bobrovsky uh, looked human again. And again, already it's like, all right, Bobrovsky looked human in game one. Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett tried their typical nonsense, and it didn't work. They got laughed at by Nick Haig. That uh, that would scare me a little bit. Like a lot of what kind of they the tactics they used. I mean, obviously having a red hot goaltender and a lot of the after whistle scrums. It's like Vegas hung right there with them. Yep. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um I think Florida's in big, big trouble if they go down 2-0 tonight, and I think they're going to. So Yep. I agree with that. Just one final caveat on that. I will say the last time the Vegas Golden Knights were in the playoffs was twenty twenty one and Montreal lost game one and they won that series. It's not Fair. impossible. Sergey Bobrovsky, Gary Price. One in the same. Basically. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <Billy Paul. laughs> oh, 
God, it wouldn't be this podcast without the freaking Charles Barkley impression at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's get to the, the main event of, of this podcast. Not really. It's the co-main event, really. The Montreal Canadiens have re-signed forward Cole Caulfield to an eight-year extension with a cap hit worth $7.85 million per. Now, before we talk about what this turned into, we must first just talk about this at its face value, what it means for the Habs, what it means for Cole Caulfield. In terms of what it means for the Habs, they lock up another young piece of the core. They already have Suzuki, their captain, 23 years old for seven more seasons. You add Caulfield for the eights. You have some other young players. Kirby Doc has three years left on a deal. You get the other young players, particularly on defense, that they're building up. You secure a piece of the core without worrying about a bridge deal or anything like that. It's, hey, potentially maybe slightly overpaying in the short term. I mean, again, only 123 games played, but 84 points, 53 goals on his career so far. Maybe a slight overpayment now, but it's the idea of the Svechnikov contract in Carolina. What is he likely to turn into? Who cares if his defense isn't that great? It doesn't need to be. That can be developed because what he's good at, you can't teach. You really can't. Yeah, he's coming off of a shoulder, you know, a shoulder surgery. That's a bit scary too. But for me, from the outside looking in, like, yeah, this is what you do. This is the shot you take for a core piece that can help you, dare I say, win something. I I don't see, and I haven't seen a single Habs fan be upset about this. I don't know how they could. Hill, the floor is yours. Well, you're gonna hear the foot. No, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even joke about that. Um, I, I, the, when I first heard it, I was, sh- I, I thought it was a troll. I was like, how did we get him for under eight? Um, I thought people in my Discord who were tagging me were messing with me. Um, absolutely fantastic deal. Um, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying on the point of technically speaking, you, you could argue it's you know a little bit of an overpayment now, but I think. If you were to say that to a Habs fan, which you did, and what I'm going to say back is what I think a lot of Habs fans are going to say, you need to watch this kid play under Marty St. Louis. Mm-hmm. In 83 games under Marty St. Louis, he has 48 goals and 71 points. If he emulates that, this is very close to a point-per-game player mm-hmm. for $7.8 million, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got over a point-per-game. I I'm ecstatic and listen. I, the, I think the nice thing I get to brag about too is um, one of the open things that Cole Caulfield said um, was he basically just said, "You know what, Nick Suzuki's my captain. I'm not making more than him." Mm-hmm. And I that reminds me of Nathan McKinnon's deal before he cashed in, where he was mm-hmm. like, "I'm going to take a bit of a team friendly deal here. Let's go win some stuff." I'll make my money. And I, I see Cole Caulfield trying to emulate that a little bit because the Habs have way more cap room than they thought they would after this deal. Can't disagree with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not wrong. You know, I, I think that's the, the key thing, right? Is a lot of that because I, I needed to bring up the argument of some people being like, hey, it's an overpayment. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's some validity to that, but I I'm agree. with you in that he got off to such a slow start because of the coaching. That was such a huge, huge part of it before Marty oh, St. Louis was brought in. I mean, those were uh, some interesting times. Let's be honest. The past three years, for Habs fans in particular, have been three of the strangest in my lifetime, yep. at least. I don't know if there's ever been a more up-and-down tumultuous period for the Canadians mm. in this time. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great deal. I really yep. do. And, I absolutely. And if, it, if it backfires, it was worth the risk. Mm-hmm. So where, what's the harm in it? Like, exactly. The, what's the alternative? You bridge deal him because he had what? One, I think one of RFA year left and then three RFA arbitration years left. Yeah. You yeah. bridge deal him. And eventually down the road, you risk, okay, well, here's these negotiations and all. You avoid so much by just getting this deal done now. The player's mm-hmm. happy. I did laugh when he said, oh, I, I, I do. He did the David Posternock of, I just love it here so much and love playing. Yeah. I do it for free, which again always raises the, well, why didn't you? Take that 750K. Take that league men. <laughs> There you go. No, but what a $5 got million dollar work, signing yeah. bonus that he'll get paid on July 1st. <laughs> Just a bad stack. I'd do it for free, though. I'd do it oh, all for the, for the freeness. For the nookie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Sorry, I'm going to give one note real quick. I, I think the perfect tweet I saw that summarizes from Cat Friendly, and it was talking about you know who his contracts compared to. Jordan Cairo. Andrei Svechnikov, Matthew Boldy, Brady Kachuk, Clayton Keller. Caulfield's in like like that's that's a good five players to be around. And I think that's kind of where he is. I know some of them obviously play a different more games. Svechnikov's also on a stupidly good deal at that rate. Mm-hmm. But like even Jordan Cairo, who's like a little bit like he had a bit of an okay year, like I don't think anyone's saying he's overpaid <laughs> at eight, seven point eight, just whatever he's making. So I think I'm happy, and just just to rub it in a little bit to to Endo, uh, this season even with the injury, Cole Caulfield had a higher goals per game than Austin Matthews. That's great. Hey. <laughs> well, I'm not even a hockey fan at this point. Endo's the, the most. Thing. Hot. <laughs> you don't know. I'm not even a hockey fan at this point. I don't even like the Leafs. I left. I left with the Duba sides, and I moved my. I took my talents to Pittsburgh. I already I know. Went, I already know. I fucking you half of the. I already know half of the prospects in the in the system. Are, are, we, are we serious or like are you like like I mean joking? I already know I already was a distant fan of Pittsburgh in general because I've I have a buddy who plays in who played in the A and the ECHL with them. Mm. So like I knew the whole system, I knew some of the guys there. So okay. like part of me is like, oh sweet, now Kyle Davis is gonna be there. I know for a fact he's not gonna get paid, so whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. There's no pens on here on that tweet, so I can't talk smack. But uh, uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, no I'm st- I'm still somewhat a Leafs fan. I just I just like the blue and white. The, the colors are nice. That that's pretty much it. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Caulfield's those, gonna have a lot of fun. All of those players you named again are players that any of those teams risking not signing them would have been so much worse than just. Yep. Signing them, and hopefully they are what you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. There's, for me, there's just, there's no real downside to even if it is viewed as a bit risky. There's no real downside to signing Cole Caulfield to this contract. 
because as you mentioned, it still feels like it's less than it should have been. Exactly. Which led to the entire fucking shit show today. And I don't know what side started it. Let's be honest. It was probably the trolley Habs fans because every fan base has them. Chirping their Leafs friends and followers by saying, <laughs> look what uh, look what our guys did, but uh, Matthews, Marner, and Neatler, they didn't. <laughs> and being, Scoreboard! Scoreboard! Like, <laughs> 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 so Captain, oh, he died like a bitch. <laughs> and it points back to the fucking knee meme. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to make a Habs one of that real quick. Where's meme generator? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, Cap you both have great content coming Cap out of this. <laughs> oh, it's man. just like look, it's it's been the biggest conversation aside from like, oh Cole Caulfield doesn't play defense. Uh which who gives a fuck? Um <laughs> really, who cares? He's it's, a forward. If there's one thing I want to say before you go on your tangent, is that Cole Caulfield put up those numbers while playing on a subpar Habs team. Hmm. Does no one understand that? If a player does good production on a on a shit team, look at look at Eric Carlson. That man put up a hundred points, driving that that those children on the San Jose Sharks, kicking and screaming to what a fifth in the draft this year. Like what, a fifth, sixth? Uh, they're they're fourth. We're fifth. And then Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Goff and Caulfield are going to tear it up. That's, that's even more. That's even better. He had a hundred points, driving children on a bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So I I looked it up because uh, Dauber Sports has it, uh, and it's funny because they also have Caulfield's twenty one twenty two season, and they sum it up via four quarters, mm-hmm. and you can literally see quarter one fifteen games three points, quarter two thirteen games five points, quarter three twelve and twelve. Guess when Martin St. Louis was higher? <laughs> I don't know. Um, this season, lines by quarter, his most common lines, uh, Suzuki and Doc or Suzuki and Monahan, uh, were pretty much his most common line mates. And then by the time he got hurt, uh, he had played with Suzuki and Ilanen. He had played with Suzuki and Mike Hoffman uh, and the Donoff and Suzuki. I mean... And, you know, Nick Suzuki as well is a younger player, too. Like, he's obviously very, very good. Named the captain of the team. He's still developing, too. It's not as if Nick Suzuki is like, oh, yeah, you have him next to Leon Dreisaitl and he's guaranteed to put up points. It's not a guarantee whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that to say, again, that Habs-Leafs connection was just everywhere today and annoying in a lot of ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. Obviously, it's... The older it's brother. Just bragging like, look what I, I got. Look what you I got. know what look I think? I think, it, I think it was twofold. I think there were Habs fans who were like, hey, hey, see that? Like, like that? That's a team-friendly deal. But then I think there were Lee fans out there who either were like, oh, yeah, well, our guys are better, which there were some, I'm sure. But there were also Lee fans who were just like, man, like, Man, dude, dude is fumbled with our guys. And then Leaf fans started defending that by saying, no, well, actually, Marner is better. And then Habs fans were like, no, well, screw you, Caulfield's better. And I think that's where it all kind of came from is just yeah. idiots on both sides kind of getting involved. I'm <laughs> ecstatic with Cole Caulfield's contract. 
Do I think Marner's contract's a bit overpaid? Yeah, that, but that's a debatable thing for nothing. But that dude also puts up way more points. And he's a winger nominated for the freaking Selkie. Like, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, you sit in your bubble, be happy with Marner. I'll sit in my bubble, be happy with Caulfield. If you mm-hmm. want to hate each other either way, that's fine. But, like, I, I just – I do think it was just – I saw Leafs fans getting upset at Dubis. I'm sure some other people saw Habs fans bugging their Leaf friends about it. I think it was just everyone just bugging each other because both our teams are out of the playoffs and we're both miserable. 100%. That's what it all comes down to. And, you know, look, yeah, there's obviously going to be those direct comparisons and debates. I mean, still, in regards to teams that are out of the playoffs and looking towards the offseason, the Leafs are the story of this off season right now, you know, now that we know the draft lottery results and everything like that, all eyes are on Toronto and what the hell they're going to do. So mm-hmm. when you have a fellow Canadian team, get a deal that is viewed by a lot of people as a bit of a steal. Yeah. Naturally people are just going to fucking poke each other back and forth to have that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like who's who's to say? You know, I mean, again, there's obviously the differences in production, the age, and stuff like that. But I bring it back to what we mentioned about all those guys that you mentioned, Caulfield included in that group. If you're the Leafs, at the end of the day, you had to sign. I mean, William Nylander's like seven million. That's nothing. Like, say what yeah. you want about like the the time it took to get him there because they Great didn't contract. sign. Like, yeah, like they didn't sign that deal until December. You know, December, yeah, I think it was December first of twenty eighteen. Like, yeah, there was that whole to do. Mm-hmm. The Marner deal, the Matthews deal. Yeah, you probably should have played a little bit more hardball. But if they weren't willing to budge, the alternative was then trading Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews before they signed those deals. And you would have taken a hell of a lot more heat for trading one of those two than you would have for signing them for too much. Exactly. Same thing with Cole Caulfield. Like, say Cole Caulfield right now was like, no, my number's $9 million. And that comes out, but at the end of the day, you still have Kent Hughes being like, well, fuck, I can't do that. Let me trade you. What do you think Habs fans would be more pissed about? Giving him $9 million or trading him, right? Yeah, like, exactly. it's just You have to, at a certain point, back your younger guys, and I agree it's on a GM to do the best they can to get that number down. Mm-hmm. But again, the reason why Caulfield's number's down Sure, Suzuki, it's a nice story. The reason why his number's down is because in terms of bargaining power, the Habs can use the shoulder injury against him. They can use the, well, your production compared to this. Mm -hmm. Even though, again, as we talked about, well, there's a reason why such and such happened. Um, It's it's a good deal for the Habs. It is a good deal. It doesn't really matter if it's a slight overpay because... Again, like end of next year, Mike Hoffman's deals off the books. Joel Edmondson's deals off the books. Carey Price probably goes back to LTIR. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like as you mentioned, the cap, uh, the the cap space that they will have, um, cap friendly right now. Preseason LTIR candidate estimates. Cap hit of LTIR candidates ten point five million, which I believe is uh, all Carey of Price. Price. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then their cap space with LTIR candidates, $11.2 million. And you look at their, you know, their players they got. Dennis Gurionov, they might bring back. Belzeal, cheap deal. Duran, I don't think so. Tierney, I don't think so. Paul Byron, I don't think so. Sean Monaghan, maybe. You you still got like $7 million before you make a move. If not then, more. Yeah. If not more. And then after that, Hoffman's off the books. 
Brem Picklett will probably get re-signed. Joel Edmondson might be gone. Justin Barron's an RFA. And then Chris Weidman and Sam Montembeau. Like, you, you've locked up a good chunk of these guys to really good deals for a while. And who knows? Pretty much. You can, fit, ex- you can fit you can fit Pierre Luc Dubois in there. That's yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah. I mean yeah. literally I could. Yeah. I could. And I mean that's the thing, right? Like by the time okay, the next crop of deals after Suzuki and Caulfield come up, enough of those veteran guys that just didn't work are yeah. gonna be off the books, and that's where the money comes from. Exactly. And obviously, then you're starting to talk about okay, the cap going up, you hope. Obviously, teams have been burned on that before, Um, but I do think they're in a great spot. And again, pretty much since day one, uh, you have to be excited about Ken Hughes as a Habs fan. Like, I think he's done a phenomenal job so far. And obviously, they're set up relatively interestingly in this upcoming draft with a fifth overall pick. I really don't feel like too many people are talking about that. Uh, And they have Florida's pick as well. So... You know, two first-round picks this year, um, unless the conditions on that Florida pick mean it might stay. But regardless, no, one, no they have it. Yeah, yeah, the result is there. Never mind. I just double-checked. Yeah, they have it. Ben Sherratt, by the way, for the 31st or 32nd overall pick. Um, it's really close to being a lottery pick, too. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. Jesus. <laughs> it was close. But just on that final note, I got two things for Kent Hughes during the draft. Literally, he cannot mess up this draft. You got Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkov, Smith, and I think Carlson. You take whatever one is available. That's it. That, 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 that's it. That's it. Whatever mm-hmm. one of those five is left, you take them. That's one. Two, he's got to get a young goalie prospect or a young goalie. Mm. He's going to make some moves around there and all that kind of stuff. I don't know where, but I think that that's, their, that's going to be their Achilles heel in the next five years. As long as he can get that goalie of the future. This team's going to be really damn good in a couple of years. I like that take as well of like, hey, don't overthink it. You know, just because- literally just pick any. I don't care. Habs fans don't care who it is. Even if it's Mitchkov, if he's ready in two years, great. Caulfield's going to be point per game in two years. Suzuki hopefully will be too. No mm. rush. Don't mess it. They're, they're going to, I'm scared they're going to mess it up. They're going to pick someone who's like 10th or something. Mm. I mean, that's the thing though, right? This is a pretty deep first round. It would be the year where they're just like, hey, you know, this this Nate Danielson guy from the Brandon Wheat Kings, I mean, he's, you know, he's ranked anywhere from like 15th to 26th, but we think he should have been top 10. I uh, We call that Don Sweeneying around these parts. Yeah. Um, I, I can understand the fear of that because, yeah, with that, with that fifth overall pick, they should get somebody great. And odds are it's going to be a center, which to me is a little bit interesting. Just in terms of what that could mean yeah. for the Habs. Um, because, you know, you talk about their center depth right now. It's Suzuki and Doc, unless you move Doc to the wing full time. Or you but, get Dubois. Or you get Dubois. God, Jesus. And then obviously they have like Owen Beck and Sean Farrell in the system. Sean Farrell, especially who they just signed out of college. Yeah. Habs I'm hoping, are looking good. I'm hoping they take Mitchkov. Mitchkov, and then you get Dubois, and man, that that core is looking really, really good. Whether or not it plays out, time will tell. But indeed, the the whole on paper side of things, it is looking pretty good. Absolutely. So here we go. the The real main event. Um, again, I talked about 
a certain coaching rumor uh, on my channel in a separate video, but we had to talk about it here as well. First and foremost, in terms of coaching changes, we did miss this last week, uh, and that was the news that the Washington Capitals have brought in Spencer Carberry as their new head coach, mm -hmm. uh, who Endo is uh, rather familiar with, of course, as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. He had been an assistant coach with the Leafs for the past two seasons. Before mm -hmm. that, he was with the South Carolina Stingrays for a long time as an assistant coach, a head coach, director of hockey ops, uh, bounced around a little bit before he was the head coach of the Hershey Bears, and now goes back to the Caps organization, but as head coach of the team. First-time head coach at the NHL level for the 41-year-old. Uh, you love to see it. First-time coaches getting a chance. Yeah, Spencer Carberry. <laughs> there is another first-time head coach. The Anaheim Ducks today signed Greg Cronin, uh, who just turned 60 years old uh, three days ago. So happy birthday to him, as he is now also a first-time head coach at the NHL level. And he has been coaching in hockey since before any of us were born. Goddamn. Um, he had his first coaching gig at Colby College in Maine, his alma mater, in 1988 as an assistant coach. He Jesus. was an assistant coach with the Humane Black Bears, with Colorado College, and then back with the Black Bears as a head coach, and then was an assistant coach with the New York Islanders from 1998 to 2005, including also being director of player development, was the head coach of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, uh, was the head coach at Northeastern, an assistant coach with the Leafs, then back with the Islanders, and then has been the head coach of the AHL's Colorado Eagles since 2018 and now gets a shot with the Ducks. And again, who knows how it will go, but it's somebody getting a chance. So for that, Anaheim, thank you very much. And then there's Columbus. <laughs> 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 that's the only way you can segue into it new yeah. chance new start columbus so the elephant in the room mike babcock is rumored to be getting a four-year contract with the columbus blue jackets damn yeah because every fucking head coaching contracts four years now i swear to god um so obviously with this is dinner's almost ready for Hill, so we won't take up too much more of your time. <laughs> <laughs> His hungry man is ready to go. <laughs> obviously with this, Mike Babcock, former Stanley Cup winner, accomplished head coach at the NHL level. No one's denying that. The issue with him, obviously, is him as a fucking person. And look, people are being like, I... Uh, but what about second chances? That's what I've heard a lot of. Number one, you are a, a sports head coach. This is not somebody getting out of prison for fucking marijuana offenses where it's like, hey, can we please give this person a second chance? This is somebody who was a sports coach. You are not inherently deserving of a second, third chance. You will be given that if a team feels like you can help them win, which clearly Columbus does. More on that in a second, because what the fuck are you thinking? Obviously, the issue with him, not the same as a Joel Quinville situation or whatever, 
Not the same as what's his face in Calgary, who was with Carolina and all that stuff. The Akeem Alou stuff and kicking Michael Jordan, the goat. Um, obviously, with him, it's not just the the Mitch Marner thing, which is a big a big aspect of it. You know, the story that comes out about hey Mitch, uh, Mitch, I got mumble because I'm uh, uh, <laughs> fuck. I, just, I hate everything about this fucking guy. <laughs> Um, not only is it the idea of being an absolute dickhead to a teenage Mitch Marner, which I love when people are like, what about second chances? Because he had a chance to prove he wasn't a fucking dickhead in Toronto. That was his second chance, and he proved that he still was. It's everything before that with the Detroit Red Wings. And we're not just talking about, oh, Mike Commodore's salty. We're talking about Chris Chelios corroborating the story of Johan Franzen about Mike Babcock making this guy's life a fucking living hell to the point of a mental breakdown. I'm sorry. That is not the, well, let's see if he learns. He might have learned. He's, he's spent he spent a few years away, you know. It's just, it's not that to me at all. I mean, again, there are some people worthy of a second chance. I fail to see any logic that can wrap around why this person is inherently deserving of a second chance. I feel like you've already, again, the whole saying of, hey, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mike Babcock's a fucking scumbag who had a chance to prove that he had changed in Toronto and instead decides to not only target Mitch Marner, um, continues his bullshit nonsense of sticking it to veteran players, not playing Mike Madano for what would have been his 1500th career game in Detroit and then does the same fucking thing to Jason Spezza in what would have been his debut with the Leafs in Toronto when his family's in the fucking building thinking he's going to play. Why is the third time going to be the charm? I fail to see it. And it's interesting because with the Chelios thing, I think the first thing that a lot of the Babcock defenders are going to say is, oh, well, it's, it's hockey, it's a tough sport, like you got to toughen up. Listen. Oh, I've been told cr- I need a backbone. Listen, listen, and, and, and listen, if it was if it was like a rookie or like something like, OK, maybe your 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 point has one percent of valid validated, whatever the fucking word is. Validity, Chris, yeah. Chris fucking Chelios, like fucking grizzled NHL defenseman. He's played the most playoff games, I believe, in NHL history or it might be Patrick Marlon. I'm not sure. But Chelios had at one point like this isn't some dude who's like. A little like, oh yeah, I'm sad. Like, like this is a fucking grizzled NHL veteran mm-hmm. who's like, dude, like he gets, ch- he literally said he got chills bringing up the Franzen incident. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is 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 the caveat of it all. You have like, <coughs> excuse me, like an experienced NHL person, someone who you could argue is from that era where it started to end of like that tough hockey, like, you know, like, Oh yeah, just play it off. You're fine. Like he's literally saying he like, he, he chokes up talking about this story. I think that tells you all you need to know about Mike Babcock. Honestly, like I just, I, I feel bad for Johnny Goudreau. That's all I can say. He goes from freaking Daryl Sutter to Mike Babcock. Good luck, buddy. Well, that's the point, right? And Endo, feel free to interject if you had a, a point you wanted yeah. to make. Um, again, it's it's just that thing to me of, of second chances. We'll ignore this shit because we feel like he can help us win. Which is why, by the way, you still see Steve Simmons uh, simping for 
uh, Stan Bowman to get another GM job or Joel Quinville to get another job as a head coach, which guess what? Joel Quinville will too. That's going to happen because yep. the team will be desperate enough. And it's sad. And it has nothing to do with the Blue Jackets inherently or Blue Jackets fans. Someone was going to do this. Unfortunately, it's the Blue Jackets um, who were desperate enough. And I think desperation is the key word because this looks like a terrible, terrible fit. And I do not know who the president of this team is. They deserve as much blame as well because Yarmo Kekalainen's been there for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but if I'm above Yarmo Kekalainen and I'm like, this is your move, 10 years in, this is your move. You're gone too. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't help but view it that way because you look at the makeup of this team and it's very similar. You just mentioned Calgary and Daryl Sutter. Calgary's big failure this season was making the Kachuk trade to bring in more skill like Huberto, but to still try and keep the team under the same gritty style. And the defenders like, well, he wasn't allowed to fire Daryl Sutter. You still brought in Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, kept Milan Lucic on the main roster. Mm-hmm. You still didn't necessarily try to convert that roster to something that would allow Huberto to at least have a better shot at flourishing under that different system. Yeah. You look at the Blue Jackets roster now. Goodrow, Line A, younger guys like Marchenko, Cole Sillinger. How how the hell does a Mike Babcock fit? And some people might be like, well, he, he coached Zetterberg was skilled. Datsuk was skilled. Okay, that's that's the bar. Because future Hall of Famers who were skillful players succeeded in Detroit once, by the way. Um, well, they made back-to-back flight. Yeah. <laughs> because they succeeded. Don't worry. The skill here will be fine. And what's the thinking? He's going to elevate Matthew Olivier and just you wait you haven't seen hockey until you've seen Eric Robinson playing a mic that don't even get me started Eric could Branson for the Norris because Mike Babcock's going to be his head coach this year don't you know and that's a great fit I, like, again like just everything about this from the person to the idea that this is the right fit for this team it is all beyond mind-boggling to me. I just don't get it. Especially when you see these other teams hiring new faces. Especially when you see, oh, I don't know, someone like Patrick Waugh winning a Memorial Cup in Quebec where they won 72 of 90 games played regular season and playoffs. Um... You know, someone like Patrick Waugh, who probably deserves a second chance, as opposed to Mike Babcock getting his third opportunity. Technically his fourth. People forget uh, that he was the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks when they went to the cup final in 2003. Yeah. Um, Patrick Waugh, by the way, um, you know, Five-time Jennings winner, four-time Stanley Cup champion, three-time Vesna winner, three-time Conn Smythe winner, two-time Memorial Cup winner, won a Jack Adams a decade ago, and, of course, won the QMJHL championship this year and a Memorial Cup. But we're going to bring in Mike Babcock because Patrick Waugh got in a fight on the bench that one time as a coach 10 years ago. 
just, and like the the scary thing is is Jack Roslevic, Alexander Texier, Kent Johnson, Krill Marchenko, Cole Sillinger, Liam Foodie, all UFAs or RFAs next year. Mm. I wonder how many of them are going to play one season of Babcock and go, nope, I'm out. See you later. I know some of the RFAs don't have a choice, but I wonder how many of those guys would have played for a season under Patrick Waugh, who just, as you said, won a Mem Cup with a bunch of young guys. You saw the way they were. I saw them pouring Gatorade on his suit. They freaking loved him. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was a bit of a hothead too. Patrick was a bit in a bit of a hothead at times, but he's he's someone who I think, and I think Endo and Tugi, you'd both agree to this. He's someone who's kind of earned his second chance, and it's like, man, Columbus is like, I could see Patrick Waugh getting picked up by someone, and he is going to flourish. I would not be shocked. <sighs> it's just it's one of those things, and I said on Twitter, like the NHL just sometimes makes it so difficult to enjoy sport and just the idea that here we go we're gonna give this guy a chance again for no reason whatsoever um like really i I don't get it you know it's like in the abs under wah it's like they made the right choice to move on he moved on similar to kyle dubas uh the idea of like hey i need a little bit more hands-on option from the people upstairs give me some breathing room here and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't um not of course kyle dubas was a head coach but you get the idea chain of command uh, but, you know, again, wins the Jack Adams. They miss the playoffs the next two years. They decide to move on. But since then, again, has consistently, in the time that he's been back with the Ramparts, he's never missed the playoffs. He's actually never missed the playoffs with them. Yep. Uh, and has won two Memorial Cups. You mean to tell me that's a guy who can't get another chance? You mean to tell me that there wasn't anybody else in the AHL? I mean, hey, we just saw the Colorado Eagles head coach hired. Nobody even overseas. Like, I I just, I'm shocked that they're just like, yep, this is the guy that's worth the baggage because he's going to push us over the top. Old strategy was my other main response, and that's all I can see. But, like, yeah. that Eagles team, that Colorado Eagles team was so good that they got bumped up from the E to the A. R- reminder, they, they switched affiliates from the ECHL to the AHL, and that was the same head coach. So that, that team won like three Kelly Cups like back to back or something like that, and they got they got moved up. It was insane. Doesn't matter, boys club. No, yeah, that's the NHL. <sighs> it's a fun time. With that, we'll look to wrap things up before your dinner gets cold, sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I'm very glad you were on uh, and to be able to make it on relatively short notice to talk about the Habs and everything like that. Uh, it was great to have you here, and good luck to whoever's on the show on Thursday. High bar has been set. Um, well, no, go ahead. You can finish off. I'll say myself. No, I was going to say, take, the floor is yours. Say what you want. Plug what you got, <laughs> got to promote. No, nah, I, was, I was just going to say thank you guys both for having me. Absolute pleasure being on here. Um, had some good laughs. Had some good discussion. Um, kind of nice being away from Safir a little bit. Don't tell him I said that, even though he'll probably watch this <laughs> podcast. Um, but no, absolutely loved it. Super, super glad that Cole Caulfield signed. So shout out to Cole Caulfield. Thank you for getting me on this podcast. Um, much, much appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, just ended off on that. Absolutely love it, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to the – I might have to take a sneak peek on Thursday's episode and see how the next guest does. There you go. Endo. Just Endo. Do you have channel like handle changes for all of that yet, or what's the deal? Yeah, so the YouTube is up. It's at it's it's just Endo. 
I'm trying to get Twitch up and going, but they're not sending me my authentication Boo. stuff. Twitch, Twitch is Twitch. <laughs> yeah. And mm. Amazon run things are like shit. Granted, NHL's uh, servers are run by Amazon. So what do you think? What do you know? Um, yeah, but you can catch me everywhere at it's just Endo. Um, I'm probably going to have Endo Mills up for a little bit longer. I have to go change my fucking website now. And go buy another domain. God damn, I think it renewed too, so it's gonna be a waste of money. But anyways, yeah, that's all I got going on for myself. I'm everywhere, two K twenty four. We have one more show, everybody, before I also depart for the land of the Finns, which I cannot wait for. Uh, to be able to separate myself that much more from the NHL and not having to worry about watching games because I'm not staying up until one in the morning to do so. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> with that we will see you all later this week again follow the man on twitter on twitch at well on twitter it's just at an angry brown guy but twitch is angry brown guy is it not everyone else is angry brown dude because br- guy Different. was taken that's not confusing <laughs> <laughs> I know, <man. laughs> we'll see you later this week everybody thanks for listening <laughs>